welcome, welcome, welcome into Box Office Quarterbacks, where we're all about good friends and real talk. And we've got a very, very, very exciting and special episode coming your way. We're bringing in Big Mo to talk with us about breaking down barriers, which Box Office Quarterbacks is proudly sponsoring. So first of all, let's bring in my co-host, Jeffrey Gordon. Good to see you, Jeff. Good to see you guys. Good to meet you, Mo. Uh, I'm excited to talk about breaking down barriers because I've been uh, following uh, your guys' wrestling page for a while now, ever since Ryan joined up. Uh, we, I think we got to talk about Chris Yeager too uh, before <laughs> the night is over. But yeah, I'm excited to uh, get into it. Well, I'm glad you are excited. It's going to be a really big show for us this weekend. It's one of our bigger shows of the year, and it's also for a good cause to benefit our friends at Murray Ridge Place. So it's going to be a good time this Saturday. Yeah, and uh, really, Mo, uh, Breaking Down Barriers is arguably uh, one of Mega's biggest shows every single year, and this has kind of been something that it's the 10th anniversary, and, and you've been around for quite a couple of them, right? Yeah, um, Breaking Down Barriers is essentially kind of where I made my debut, kind of. Like, not really. I think it was the show before when I first got started. But yeah, it's a special it's a special place and it's a special place in my heart. And, and so so you know I I believe also breaking out barriers we have a, a young man with autism who's gonna be making his debut named Marcus and he's gonna be debuting his first match as a referee. Yeah uh, Marcus is one of our students and He's really, really focused and he's really dedicated and he wants to do this. So, and he has a real good heart and he's a real good person. And he actually makes a pretty good referee for not being in that long. You know, he's still got a lot to learn, but at the beginning, like he's, he's not doing bad at all. No, it's really impressive. He's, he's really dedicated. He, you know, listens, he takes coaching and he's, you know, super always got a great positive energy coming. And, and, you know, I think, I think it's going to be, uh, hard for a lot of us not to really, really get excited when Marcus steps into the ring for the first time, but yeah. Marcus better call it down the middle. Cause if not, he's going to be in trouble. <laughs> All refs better call it down the middle. <laughs> so, Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Oh yeah. So, so Mo, you, you know, me and Ryan are, are nineties WCW WWE wrestling fans and we're we were like really into that era uh i want to know what era of wrestling inspired you and you know who are your role models in professional wrestling well yeah i was a i was an attitude era kid too you know i was i was born in 88 so i was an attitude era kid also um but what really made me pay attention was shockingly enough was when I saw uh, Samoa Joe for the first time, for where, like, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, I was always the bigger kid. So, shockingly enough, you know, I was bullied as a kid, you know, but a lot of that changed once I saw who Samoa Joe was. And then I actually saw his career backwards. Like, I saw him in Impact first, but he still had that size. And seeing him move like that and just seeing how confident he was was like, wow. So a friend of mine who had seen him in ROH before he went to TNA said to me, like, yeah, you got to look at Joe when he was in ROH. 
And then when I saw ROH Joe and then, you know, the almost 700-day title reign, that's when I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, just seeing him, just seeing how he just commands the room. He, like, when he speaks, everyone listens. And then he can keep up with the guys that's bigger than him, but he, then he can also keep up with the smaller guys. So being that he can essentially work with anyone, that's what makes him stand out for me. Nice. Yeah, that's a, that's a good role model to have. That guy's a legend. So, um, yeah, one of the best eras of wrestling for sure. And he's still extremely hot, too. I mean, Samoa Joe just has never really slowed down. I believe he's he's now in his 40s, correct? Uh, I think he's like early 40s. And, like I was, and then one thing that I was uh, worried about, you know, like his last – like really two years in WWE before they really didn't have him as active that much. I thought just cause of like the physical style that he worked, you know, early in his career, you know, when he was in Japan and then when he was in ROH and in TNA, I felt like his body was starting to break down. Cause he would come back from injury. He'll be good for like three months and then he'll get hurt again. Oh yeah, no, and and that's that, and the crazy thing I think too with with wrestling right now is you know everyone talks about how Tom Brady's kind of uh, in this Benjamin Button uh, lifestyle where he's aging in reverse, and honestly, you could look at wrestling right now, and you have so many guys like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, who we just mentioned, um, Finn Balor's one that comes to mind, Chris Jericho, some of these guys in their forties, and some guys even in their fifties who are arguably doing the best work of their careers, and it's really just crazy to see. Uh, some of these guys just still at the top of their game, despite, you know, years in the wrestling industry. I must say, yeah, like it's all in like how you work and how you protect yourself, you know, like in the style that you use. I mean, just like prime example, another person is Miz. Yeah, they call Miz boring and Miz is this and that. When in his almost 20 years you ever heard Miz was hurt? You know, and him being able to do that shows the company that he's reliable. So why you think Miz is always either has a mid-card title or at the top of the mid-card, but can also get pushed in the main event if they need somebody just to just to make a story work. And But then they're always sending them off on public appearances and everything for the company and doing all these shows and stuff like that. So, like, you know... Like it's it's just it's just crazy how people will want that risk taking, hard hitting, as people say, strong style style. But you know, when your career is over after five years, and then you see somebody that's still working twenty five years in, and it looks like they ain't missed the beat. You know, you got to change your way of thinking. Oh yeah, and and you could criticize that safe style all you want, but the reality is too, you could argue nobody has gotten superstars over the way the Miz has. Uh, you know, when you beat the Miz, that's a huge uh, achievement for a lot of guys, and he's really put a lot of guys over, and he's sold really well for a lot of people. I mean, geez, I think when you know he uh, went down to Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley won his first title. I mean, he made Bobby Lashley look like an absolute monster. Oh, yeah. uh, Sorry, you go ahead. Oh, 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 sir. oh, 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 no. When you said 
he made Bobby just look like a monster. I said, oh, absolutely. He did. Oh, man. Oh, sorry, Jeff, go ahead. Oh, I, I didn't say anything, but I guess I could go to my next question. Though, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as a transition. But, Mo, I want to know how you first got into the professional wrestling scene. Uh, you know, what was your first step into the ring? That is my question. Uh, so, like, I always wanted to do it, you know? Like, I always wanted to try it. But I always thought, you know, oh, I probably got to, like, move to California and this and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And me being 18 years old at the time, I'm like, I ain't got no money to move to California, you know, because I, like, looked up schools and stuff, you know. So I was just like, man, I ain't got no money to move to California, you know. So I... I always kept it in the back of my mind, but, you know, I live life, you know, but then a friend of mine, uh, his name is Terrence, he doesn't work anymore, but he found Mega first, and he told me, yeah, it's right here in Ohio, whatever, whatever, and then I was just like, really? So, um, he started training, and then he started telling me, and then... I didn't really get into indie wrestling until I started to where like, I just knew, you know, WWF, WCW. And then like, I knew, you know, they wrestled at heart wrestle in Japan, but didn't know the scope of it at that time. We watched, I went to his house. We watched ROH show. I can't remember what was the name of, I can't remember the name of it, but I know, uh, three matches I remember that that uh, stuck out to me was El Generico against Christopher Daniels. Uh, then it was a four-way tag match, but I know the final two was the Briscoes and World's Greatest Tag Team. And then the main event was Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards. And that was like the first ROH show that I've seen before I dug into Samoa Joe. And when I seen that, I was just like, there's wrestling like this? Because, you know, I was just so used to, you know, just what I saw on TV. You know, I had no idea that there was a whole plethora of wrestling not on TV. Yeah, the indie wrestling scene is definitely interesting. Like you guys come up with some some really interesting characters. Um, there, there's Chris Yeager, who is my personal favorite, and then there's uh, El Tic Taco, who uh, Ryan told me about the other day. So, how do you kind of build your character, and how do you come up with the stuff from week to week? My character is pretty simple. It's just me. Like, it's just me. And in certain situations, I do get to take the leash off, but, you know, Mega's a family promotion. We want the whole family to come out and enjoy our show so we don't get too crazy. But if you've been to enough of our shows, when, you know, it starts to get hot in there, our fans can't get a little rowdy. <laughs> nice. So... So like like my character like is it's not really a character it's just me, you know I'm just you know I'm just a dude from Ohio, you know with a golden right arm and I get paid to hit people. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, 
all that you've done, Mo, though, to get to this point, and you're probably the hottest you've ever been in your career right now. And I think social media, and we, you know, we've been talking about indie wrestling and and the exposure it's getting now because social media helps these promotions get out there more. Uh, Mo has blown up thanks to, I believe, TikTok. You know, you have ended up on Snapchat for SportsCenter, and now you've got two videos out there that you've gone viral for, and one of them keeps becoming re-viralized, if that's a word. But it, there's this just amazing video of you uh, throwing yeah. Brandon down, then squashing him. And it has been seen by, I think we're in the billions now, aren't we? Uh, I mean, like, we're getting up there. Stop it, computer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like, we're getting up there. Like, I know, like, I know that one is at least at a hundred million in between everywhere it's been. Um, and then I've gotten, you know, I've gotten some stuff from companies just like Chalkline Clothing sent me some stuff. Um, and I'm building a report with them. And then most recently that video of me and Brendan is actually going to be on the upcoming season of MTV's Ridiculous. Jeff, please tell me that you've seen this awesome. video. No, send me that video. You got to send well, me that video. No, no, no. Actually, you know, no. Here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. Jeff, you're gonna look this up right now, and we're gonna do a live reaction to Jeff watching this. <laughs> tell me, tell me what to search, Ryan. Yeah, well, Mo, help him out with this. Um, if you go on my, if you go on my Instagram, you can just go on my Instagram and look at it. Let's see. Uh, this anticipation is now gonna kill me. <laughs> I actually I got sent the video by a friend on Instagram and he didn't know it was you know this was this was from Mega and he's like have you seen this this is crazy I was like yeah that's Big Mo I know him very well he's All like right, wait I seriously am, this is I'm local? on Instagram I'm on Instagram uh, what's your handle Mo uh, big underscore Mo underscore 88 the moment you do big underscore it should pop up Uh, this drum roll. I'm gotcha. going to have to do a drum roll with this. And, uh, Mo, when did you first realize that this was going viral? Um, when, when, uh, well, well, okay. It's, it's actually with two things. So the first video was, uh, was, what was me and Bryson. So when I did the video with Bryson, uh, I knew something was about to explode because I got hit up by House of Highlights. And House of Highlights is one of the bigger social media channels on Instagram where they have almost 40 million followers. So they hit me up about the Bryson video. It was just like, hey, you know, we want to post this on our page, you know, so we wanted to ask you if it was okay, and then, you know, we'll tag you and everything, you know, so you can, you know, get the credit for it. I said, sure, you know, I, you know, I was like, okay, cool, that's exposure on house highlights, you know, I'm like, okay, that's cool, you know, I'm not going to tell, you know, them no, especially where, you know, our goal as wrestlers is to get exposure, you know, to get opportunities, so yeah, I'm like, sure, go ahead. I didn't think it would turn into what it turned into. 
I, I got the video, guys. I got it. All right, drum roll, please. All right, here we go. I am pressing play now. <laughs> oh, my God. That is awesome. That is awesome. And, I love that. And then to take it a step further, to wrap it back around, I call that the TTSJ. And that stands for tribute to Samoa Joe, because Joe, because Joe does that in his matches. Hell yeah, love it. That is awesome. So we're like, we was just at training, you know, just doing stuff. It was towards the end of the night, so at the end of the night, we kind of got free ring, you know, to like just try stuff if we want to. So me and Brendan was just doing stuff, and I was just like, hey, I want to try this because I had had been watching Samoa Joe matches, just studying. And just and just seeing the way he would do it was just cool. Where like they think they up on him, they go run in, and normally when he does it, he says, "Sit your ass down," because that's pretty much what it is. He does it, boom, and then in one motion does the senton. And then from a visual standpoint, I just thought it looked so cool. So I just tr- so I tried it just to see. How it would look, and I was like, okay, this looks sweet. And then if I think something look cool, you know, I just throw it up on my socials, you know, just just you know, show folks what I be doing. And then that took off, and I was just like, okay, <laughs> like. And then it was crazy. I put it on Instagram first before I put it on TikTok. When I put it on TikTok, that's when it really took off. Yeah, that's awesome, man. The power of social media. It is so crazy sometimes. I, I really, I, I love that video now. Uh, so I think the next thing we need to talk about is, so so Mo had been pretty internet famous for some time and we get to this show um, and, and Mo's participating in a, in a Royal Rumble style match. He's the first person out. We had, how many entrants we have in that match? Was it 20? Yeah, 20. And so Mo comes in and Mo's arguably the biggest heel in the company or one of the top heels in the company going into the match. And he gets out there and, and he's, he's pretty much Iron Manning this whole thing. We get down to like the final four and the crowd is so hot for big Mo. I mean, it is just Mo, Mo, Mo left and right. And it, it, and then you win the match in this pop. I mean, the roof went off this place. And it was so exciting to see, but it just, it was kind of just like a, a vindication of how popular you've gotten and how much you've won the fans over throughout your wrestling career. I mean, that had to be special for you, right? Like that was emotional night for me where like, for where just everything I've done, see like, and it was crazy just to go a little bit deeper. Last year, I almost walked away. Where, tell us, yeah, tell us a little more you know, about that. There were like, you know, COVID happening and because right before COVID happened and everything closed, I was kind of starting to pick up steam, you know, like, you know, like I was, I was, you know, I was, I was in shape. I was in shape. I was, you know, the crowd was loving it. You know, I was getting better creative and then I had, I was you know, reached out and had some potential opportunities, but then COVID happened and, you know, that just shut off everything. And then where I was like, okay, I was like, all right, so 
I'm going to use this to, you know, do this, you know, and once we get started, you know, you know, we come back better. My mind did the complete opposite. Where, where, you know, it was hard enough to where I couldn't work out because, you know, gyms was closed. Where, like, so I just, like, I just went off the deep end. And then that goes into, you know, self-doubt and doubting myself and everything, blah, blah, blah. And then another thing we did was um, we tried to do like some TV tapings just to put stuff out because we noticed a lot of small places was doing stuff like that where they was doing like shows with no crowd, but they were putting it out on Facebook just to keep content out for their fans. So we did a TV taping and I did a match with Pax and Callaway and it was absolutely awful. Like, I, as soon as the match was over, I instantly hated it. To this day, I have not watched it because I can't. <laughs> and and how, what, what, what do you think it was that, that was so hard about the pandemic? I mean, obviously, any one of us can, can relate to it being, you know, isolating and just tough to, to, to get any type of good routine down. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, the professional wrestling industry, it was, that was killer not being able to have gatherings and, and shows. Right, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say right, and then I also let it get into my head where, like, yeah, you know, I start to, I start, I start to get a little bit of traction, everything, blah blah blah, something happened. So I mentally started taking myself out a while ago, and then I had that match with Paxton that was so god awful, where I was just like, yeah, like, no. So we started, so stuff started opening up and then we started to be able to train a little bit again, where at that time I was kind of one foot in, one foot out. So, um, so then, so then once really stuff, once stuff started, when we started able to do shows again, um, and then we did the double show. In June, you know, our first show back, that wasn't the, uh, no, 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 that wasn't June, that was April. So we had did the other show, I had did the tag match, and then, like, and, like, I did the tag match, I was like, okay, it's a tag match, we can hide some stuff, whatever, and then in that tag match, that was the lariat where I did get my first million views, um, so I was just like, okay, you know, I kind of feel okay. Then I watched that back to where I was like, okay, so it's a match. I can watch it back. I can watch it back. The commentary was just like, yeah, man, like I could tell, you know, like uh, coming out of COVID and not a lockdown, you know, Mo is a lot more bigger than when we – when we went into it and I watched that and I was just like, holy like, like, and then, and then it started for me again. I was just like, man, you know, like whatever, you know, you know, I'm like, and I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. Whatever. I was like, so, so I talked to my person and she was, and she talked to me and then we had to, we had the con show. Um, 
Um, Ryan, I'm sure you remember you remember the con show. Yeah, and for anyone who's not listening, this is a um, an anime convention, and Mega does cosplay wrestling for this uh, show, and it is a let's just say that this crowd is uh, beyond rowdy. Yeah. So, so um, talk. So, me and my person, and then another one of our trainees, um, that I knew before he started training, but wrestler has brought us closer. He, and he's one of my best friends now. Um, our trainee, uh, Chance. I had a conversation with him first, and you know, he really, you know, inspired me and pushed me. But then when I had a conversation with my person, she was like, okay, let's do this. Get through the con show, you know, get through the con show. And if you feel the same way after the con show, then, yeah, maybe at the end of the year, it's time to hang it up for you, you know. So she like, she like, but if you don't, she like, then what, she like, then what are we going to do? And then I'm like. I'm gonna get it together. We gonna keep on going. And she like, okay. So she like, just get through the car show. Then if you feel the same, then maybe it is time for you to go. So we get to the car. We get to the car show. I'm, you know, I'm so like, it's like I'm in it, but I was just so worried. And I wrestled Cassidy Keith, who was one of my uh, members and partners and brothers in the Reject Academy. I ended up wrestling him and you can say that that whole first part of the show was kind of out of a movie because literally as we're about to open up the doors, the lights go out in Kalahari. We're like, and then the lights that went out was on our side of the building where we were at. So they talking about, you know, delaying it and everything. Well, Brandon Xavier, our boss, as I call him, the mad scientist, he says, no, we're starting. Open the doors. So he opened the door. We opened the doors. And, like, literally, I think this room held, like, 1,200 people, I think. I think that's, like, the Mexican hole, even with a ring. But, yeah, it was easily at least 1,000 people in that room. So, so he goes, hey, you know, we dealing with the lights, but I got an idea. So he asked everybody to take their cell phones and point their cell phones towards the ring. So then, every and then also everyone that wasn't wrestling on that show, because I think because we do like three shows at the con, so pretty much everybody in the locker room that wasn't on that first show came out and had their phones around the ring, and then people that have, like, light-up stuff on their cosplay and people with lightsabers and everything like that, they all had that lit up, pointed towards the ring. So it gave it, like, a it gave it like a private event dark match feel, and the crowd just ate it up because the crowd were actually a part of the show. You know, they was, you know, lighting up so they could see. So they do the thing where this is big on video games, where one of our trainer trainees uh, session is like the level one character in like a RPG. Yeah, and let's let's just say this: uh, Sessions is a very thin guy too. So it was a very it was it was player one, and he was like, you know, he's got the the health bar is at zero with this guy. <laughs> right. So he gets beat up, and then Cassidy Keith, you know, is the final boss. So he he so. 
session walks back out. We play a sound effect noise, and then I walk out. You know, as in, you know, he I'm the completely leveled up character. Yeah. Well, so, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. So I grab. I'm I'm the ring announcer. So I get out, and I'm like, oh, 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 oh. hold on, Mega Mafia. Looks like player one is powering up to level ninety nine. Yep, yep. And then I walk out. So, so then we um, so we we have the match, and it's literally and like. It's literally so loud in there where, like, everything we did, they were just, like, like everything we did, they just ate it up. So, uh, so we get, you know, it's time to go home. So, before we ended it, we did a German suplex from, like, the top rope where, like, I suplexed him and, you know, Cass ain't no small guy either. So, you know, so you got two big guys in their very first match, you know, just blowing it up like that to where as soon as I did the suplex, the whole room just like the whole the whole room just just lost their minds. And then and then Ryan, you could attest to this because I know you watch wrestling for, you know, how when like Roman with when Roman Reigns is sitting in the corner, he starts shaking his head. <laughs> and like, and his hair is moving and everything. That's how I felt. <laughs> oh, so, I, everyone so, was barking out for that. No, Great. yeah. Like, so like, you know, I, I hit the lariat. Boom! One, two, three. You know, everybody goes crazy. Awesome. I walk through. The, I walk through the curtain. First person I see. First person I see is Brandon. He hugged me so hard. <laughs> And he was just like, where has he been at? That's who I want. <laughs> like, like he like, that's who I want. That's who I know that you can be. And then on the drive home, I dropped off Chance. I had a conversation with myself. I was just like, okay, look. If we really, I'm about to say, we're going to do this one more time. And if we, and if we really want to do this, we just need to do it. And that's when I started working out more. I started going to training more. You know, I started going back to training every week. And now, what is what? What eight eight months? What eight nine months later? I'm one of the biggest things on like wrestling social media. <laughs> there you go. Complete so, story right there. So uh, I guess Mo, just just one last one last question. We're we're coming up on time here. Uh, really, what do you think? Anybody who's ever struggled with weight or or any anything that's held them back from wanting to pursue something that they like to do or love to do, you know, what's the advice you give to them? Uh, don't care what people say. Where if people get upset because you doing something you love. It's because they're not doing something. Where I had a conversation with one of the new trainees, where I said for where for where like we constantly get that, and it even happened to me recently, where you know somebody you know oh you still doing that wrestling stuff whatever ha ha ha, and then I'm just like yeah, and um I've and then I tell them I've been on ESPN. I will be on MTV this year. Um, I have 
several partnerships that I'm looking at and going over with right now. You know, I'm I'm actually doing pretty good for myself. How about you? And then they have nothing to say. So no matter like if it's wrestling or if it's sports, music, art, video editing, if you have a passion for it and you enjoy doing it, do it. Now it ain't gonna be easy. You know, it's not gonna be easy. You know, you won't get pissed off, you're gonna cry, you're gonna potentially lose relationships and you'll find out who your real support system is and all that. But if you love doing it and it's what you want to do, do it. Forget what everybody else thinks. Because at the end of the day, it's your life. It's not theirs. That's the way to drop the mic. Yes. Love that. That's a heck of a promo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So Breaking Down Barriers is this Saturday. If you are listening from another state or outside the country and are unable to attend, Mega Wrestling does have a GoFundMe for you to donate to Murray Ridge. They do a lot of great work there. Uh, tickets are still on sale. You can get them online. You can also get them at the door. But, uh, Mo, anything else you want to add about breaking down barriers we need to know? Uh, yeah, we are sitting in, starting to close in on capacity. Front row is sold out. Uh, online is starting to pick up. We have well over 225 pre-sold tickets. So seats are starting to get slim. So if you need tickets, you can hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. You can hit up Ryan for tickets. Or if you want to do them online, you can go to mcw.yapsity.com. All right. We hope to see you there. Oh, I will be there. I will be there with bells on. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Big Mo. This was a lot of fun. And everyone, Breaking Out Barriers is happening this Saturday in Elyria, Ohio at the Lorain County Community College Fieldhouse. We hope to see you there. And this has been another episode of Good Friends and Real Talk. For Jeffrey Gordon, I'm Ryan Schmelz. We'll see you later. All right. Thanks, guys.